0: All right, everybody. Welcome to BO Boys for January 5th. It's a raw feed. Fuck it. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And we have special
1: guests, Pat. Yeah, we we don't usually have special guests because um, we feel like they're... We we usually feel like the BO Boys have no peers in the industry. You know, there's some legacy writers out there. There's some people been around, but... We never felt like we had peers until now. So, our special guests are Jeff and Carrie from ERC, Exhibitor Relations Co. Welcome, Jeff and Carrie.
2: Thanks for having us, guys. I mean, uh, you guys are legendary in box office circles. That is known. Um, And, you know, we've been around since 1974. That's legit, right? You can't top that. 1974.
1: Yeah, that's as long as box office has been or Almost pre-box office, because like that first year or two, what was ERC covering? ERC before Jaws and Star Wars? Yeah,
2: you know ERC basically. Yeah, the, the blockbuster era led to ERC, no doubt about it. But before that, like ERC was. IMDB before IMDB was IMDB. In fact, I think there might be there might okay. still be a lawsuit. so I can't really talk about that. It's one of those long gestating lawsuits. No, it's not it's not really.
1: But Oh, but, I hope you take them for after what they did to Box Office Mojo. <laughs> yeah, ERC needs to take over IMDB, thereby taking over Box Office Pro and make it. Carrie run. can talk about.
2: I I mean they were one of our clients for a long time, right, Carrie?
3: Yeah, they they were but then they were not.
2: Yeah. Yeah. know a lot of that yeah wow a lot of enough said enough
1: said (laughs) yeah yeah carrie much like timothy chalamet's legendary hoodie you said a lot by saying very little right there
0: that's that spoke
1: volumes
3: the best way sometimes
0: (laughs) we're gonna do a quick top five but what we're gonna do in this episode otherwise is we're gonna look to the future Mm 2021 right so we are as we've said previously this podcast is a historical document and not a lot of podcasts are historical documents, but sometimes historical documents look forward. Mm-hmm. So people can look back at us looking forward. Right. Farmers, al- farmers, almanacs, farmers, almanac. Perfect. Right, right. So that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about predictions for 2021. The brain trust, the brain trust is here. I, I wouldn't be surprised if all these predictions come true. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cause this is, we are using data we're using, uh, trends we're using, right, right. Our brains and our hearts. I use my heart a lot. So, yeah, yeah. but real quick, because we, and you guys can jump in on this too, because this is shocking. We're going to go through the top five and we have a massive drop at the top. So, Wonder Woman 1984 made 5.5 million this weekend, January 1st to the 3rd. That's a 67.1% drop. For a total gross of 28.5. Now, they're touting this worldwide, this worldwide cum. But -hmm. here's the thing. We're talking domestic, huh? Yeah. Yeah. This looks bad.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I mean, well, Jeff and Carrie, what did you guys think of the Wonder Woman opening last week? Because me and Clayton, we were really... Uh uh we were pretty bullish last week about how well Wonder Woman did 16.7 million opening weekend. This is a gigantic drop. We both thought it would still stay in double digits. I mean, is this bad word of mouth? Is this the HBO factor taking hold? Is it What wh- what is it? How did this happen?
2: Well, it's it's all of those things and you can throw in a little piracy there. We haven't had pirates oh, plundering uh, a movie like this in in such high definition quality ever right this is the i mean this is a huge thing wonder woman 1984 is the first major blockbuster to go to theaters and stream at the exact same time so you can get crystal clear quality across the board um and and that obviously had is a factor. We don't know how big a factor, obviously. It's hard to gauge that. But it is definitely in the field of play. And we're going to find out with Warner Brothers' slate for the entire year, since it's doing the exact same thing, uh, i think we're going to start to see those fbi warnings you know people are actually going to really crack down on those and people might actually go to jail whereas before it was just like ah, ha ha, ha yes. fbi warning that's bs you know nobody's going to actually arrest right. me for for doing something illegal here with 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 these type of properties but um you know wonder woman 84 that debut sort of blew me away too like it was it was larger than i thought it would be But it turns out a lot of that were those private screenings. You know, a lot of people were buying up the theaters Mm. for 100, 200 bucks for 20 of their best friends so they could only share COVID amongst themselves. And that was nice of them. Yeah, no, it is. It's a good thing. But but ultimately, that drop uh, is so big that we are not going to see another blockbuster dropped uh, by any of the major studios probably until summer. I, I think anything that's that's in March right now will be moved, and anything that is going to be released will have to be simultaneous release. Carrie, any thoughts?
1: So that... You're getting into predictions already. Oh, sorry, already. sorry, that sorry. Is sorry. A, It just... No, no, that's... Love it. You can't contain these No, it all leads. And I... I so, so Wonder Woman 84, the piracy thing is... That is such a great angle, and I... It makes me think, are we going to start to see movie-related, you know, mass raids all over the country on people's houses? Yeah.
3: Honestly, we live in a world where absolutely nothing surprises me anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the the Wonder Woman raids. I mean, that is something for local news to
0: keep an eye on. And do you think people are going to call... As a prank that their friends are bootlegging Wonder Woman 1984 as a new sWAT, is that the new swatting
2: yeah I mean trump Trump has already introduced space force I mean he might actually introduce another another leg of the armed forces and it might just consist of cracking down on this because think of the hundreds of millions of dollars that they that they say they're going to collect from you personally if you duplicate right. this or watch a duplication so uh you guys. This is big. This is bigger. Like you said, this is this is history being made right now.
1: Right. The movie <laughs> industrial war complex. It's happening. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. I don't I mean, I like the idea of it being prank-based, you know, <laughs> like I wouldn't mind pranking a friend, but I don't want to see it lead to like tanks rolling up on city streets, you know, because uh Peter Rabbit 2 got leaked onto the internet.
0: Yeah, it's it's hard though because I'm 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 older, I'm out of the bootleg game now. I've got a mm-hmm. little money. I mean, you guys lot, can't yeah. tell in a the lot, viewers, yeah. but because where I am, I'm an undisclosed location. But believe me, I live in the lap of luxury. And so I don't need to bootleg anymore, but I was going online looking for some things, you know, just to see. But all I could really find is like um living room cam. Like people, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like I'm seeing people's heads, I'm seeing sofas, someone's getting up to go to the bathroom. So I don't know where to get these high quality rips, but I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure there's websites that I don't have access to. There's the dark web. There's things like that. That, But but for me, like the novice, I'm having trouble finding a good quality rip. Not that I would watch it because, of course, I have all of those subscriptions, yeah. HBO Max, yeah. all that, you know.
2: You can always go down to Chinatown, Jake. I mean, that's where they're at. Come on, rips are always in Chinatown. Mm-hmm. No matter what city you're living in, if it has a Chinatown, it has a rip there. and that's nothing against the Chinese. I know that they're you know, we've already got problems of you know China against the US right now, and I'm not trying to escalate those problems. No, no, but no. that's a simple truth. They're out there.
1: So people are ripping digital files off of HBO Max, burning them onto DVDs sending those DVDs down to Chinatown so people could buy physical copies of a digitally ripped Wonder Woman 1984. I mean, that could explain this giant
0: drop. This is when the bootlegs hit this weekend. Yeah.
3: Also, you know, people I think had been excited about this film, and it got some pretty bad reviews. I mean, it's like 61% on Rotten Tomatoes. So I think also word of mouth, I mean, with social media, word of mouth flies like wildfires. So if something stinks and people don't like it, it can get killed very fast. So mm-hmm. I think word of mouth is part of the reason that this had that kind of drop.
1: Yeah, I feel like I saw most of this movie also this weekend on Twitter just in memes. There were enough memes that I think I ended up seeing all of the movie in memes this weekend. And I like Carrie said, I think most of the memes were negative memes. There were there were some positive memes, but this got a lot of thumbs down memes out there. Yeah,
2: and it, it didn't help that Warner Brothers immediately, when they released the numbers for that first weekend, they immediately said, hey, Wonder Woman 3 is coming with Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. We are behind this creative team. It will happen. It's going to happen. And that was just like, hey, let's cast out a carrot there just to let everybody know that, no, this is a really good film. We are totally behind this. But these things, these kind of announcements never usually actually happen I mean she's locked up to Rogue Squadron until and that comes out in 2023 she will not have time to fit in a Wonder Woman 3 before then and who knows about after I mean we don't know where anybody's going to be in four years I don't know where I'm going to be tomorrow so you know right. I, there's no way Patty Jenkins knows 100% that she is going to direct Wonder Woman 3 um,
3: she, you know I do yeah sorry I do want to say one thing though from the female point of view Uh, A lot of times if a big female director makes a movie and it does not perform according to expectation, they sort of get thrown into movie jail, if you will, and they don't make films for years, which we have seen over and over again. And look at, like, Michael Bay and other major directors who have made an action film that bombed, and they still got opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. So I say, you know what? She gets a pass. Let her keep working. Oh, agreed, yeah,
2: agreed. She's definitely... Yeah, me and Clayton...
1: Clayton and I have talked about that before that that is a great sign of progress when a star uh, or director who is uh, uh, not a white guy gets to make something terrible and then gets to make something else. That is like a real sign that society is <laughs> moving forward because everyone should be allowed to make uh, uh, stinkers, you know? And I think when a woman makes a stinker and then still gets a Star Wars movie, that's a good sign for all of us.
3: Well, everybody, not everybody hits it out of the park every single time they make a right. film. It's just the way the world is. So, yeah, I think uh, women should be given more opportunities. Of course. Yeah.
1: Yes. Ev- everyone should be allowed to, to fail.
3: Yeah. And I think, too, putting out those kind of press releases, what it does is it diverts attention away from the current news onto, mm. it's like saying, onward, here we go. You know.
2: Yeah, they definitely mm, they definitely mm. were trying to steer us in another direction here because there was a lot of criticism mm-hmm. after it was released. Um, my parents, who like everything, just looked at each other after Wonder Woman 84 and they were like, what was that? And I'm like, I I don't know. I don't know. You know, and if you yeah. if you had watched that, though, in 1984, you probably would have said that was the best film you've ever seen. And so maybe there is some time difference and time play in there, too, you know.
1: Right. You would have said this is speaking to the moment, whereas now Wonder in 84, it does not speak to the moment.
2: Why well, They didn't even include a soundtrack of the top hits of 1984. I mean, don't even get me started with the lack of 80's I saw, music.
1: I saw you tweet that out, Jeff, and I thought that was, that's got to account for at least 20% of the drop-off. At least is the lack of an 80s uh, sound uh, needle drop.
2: Could you imagine if you had that soundtrack in your hands, whether the movie you like the movie or not, if you had that soundtrack with you, uh, and be, to be able to carry that with you, on on you know, especially if it was on a Walkman, if they had released it on cassette, yes, uh, it, yes. it would have been huge. It made it which bought, may rock. be
1: how a lot of the bootlegs are being distributed. You know, <laughs> the, we might have bootlegs in Chinatown that are putting those needle drops in. Oh, yeah.
2: There's VHS, there's Betamax, whatever you want. It's down there.
0: Well, (laughs) what I was thinking here is, is here's the music industry notorious. They're notorious for being against home taping. So I bet you that the soundtrack was removed from this release because they were afraid people were going to steal these songs. They were afraid (laughs) that they were going to be taping these 80s hits off of this movie. And again, it's like home taping. These these companies are so worried about these kind of things. I think that had a full soundtrack, and I think that it was changed for the home release. I have no facts to verify this, but I just
1: (laughs) believe it. Uh, So, Clayton, why don't we keep going through this top five? I had not seen this top five until this moment. You tell me if what I'm looking at at number two
0: is correct. I did a triple take, and I was hoping that you were not going to see this because I wanted to shock you. And and maybe Jeff and Carrie, I mean, you
1: might tell us this is wrong because, again, we're using Box Office Mojo, which, uh, as we've talked about, has is, is become a disaster. But Clayton, tell them what Box Office Mojo says is number
0: two at the weekend box office. Number two, Sonic the Hedgehog made $3.2 million in this weekend, or in re-release, a movie that was the number two domestic
1: earner. So Jeff and Carrie, they they are shocked. I see Carrie is immediately looking stuff up. Jeff, tell us what's going on here. Are we looking at insane box office Mojo numbers? Is there something?
2: Well, have they Have they screwed the pooch here? Okay. I mean, we get numbers from Paramount. I didn't see those numbers come in. So I don't know if if Mojo is adding up the 3.2 million that it made since COVID hit in March and they're just going to roll that all into one. Or what's wow. going? On. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past them. But then again, I also wouldn't put it past Mojo just totally effing things up. I mean, we go us and Mojo go way back too. In fact, one of the creators of Box Office Mojo worked at Exhibitor Relations for a while, and then suddenly, when the internet hit, all uh-huh. of our data showed up on the Box Office Mojo site. <laughs> Isn't oh my that strange? God. So there's a lot of there's a lot of beef, there's a lot of history with us and mojo, although it's that's all been worked out. Yeah, it is again, Carrie is right, it's complicated, especially when IMDB ended up buying box office mojo instead of buying Exhibitor Relations. You know what I'm saying? So, so there's some I, stuff going on. I mean, I
1: since this pandemic started, um Clayton and I have been pulling our hair out, pulling our teeth out, or at least trying to pull our teeth out. We didn't get any all the way out, (laughs) but over box office mojo, how they basically gave up early on on trying to actually go out and collect numbers. They basically just passively took whatever IFC films would send them. That's why you had IFC films, horror movies for like four months were number one, but I always thought they were lazy and incompetent. I did not know that they were backstabbers. That is new information that we're learning about box office Mojo right here. But they say Sonic is number two with $3.2 million. But they don't give us a theater count. They don't give us a per screen average. All that they have on their site right here is that Sonic made $3.2 million this weekend.
3: Jeff and I have talked at great length recently about the lack of transparency during this pandemic (laughs) in particular. It's been kind of jaw dropping. I've often said many times, it's hard to read the tea leaves when we don't have the tea and we don't mm-hmm. have the leaves.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's true. You just got yeah. water. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's Maybe water
2: Yeah, we don't know where that water's from. You know, it could be yeah, drain is... Rainwater.
1: So what? What do we do with this? Well, as you bot- sh- like,
2: <laughs> you do what you've been doing this all summer. You just go. Got, you no. put your hands up and go. Okay, whatever you say, sure, let's move on to next week. That's what you do, you know, because next week, are you telling me then there's going to be a 99% drop for Sonic the Hedgehog, which they haven't been reporting on since it went to home media? So to me, this is like, this is a roll-up. Of of grosses that they must have had all summer. This is like a Disney, an old Disney move when they did the double feature, and then they mm-hmm. boost up a film that's been playing for eighteen weeks with whatever new film they have, and they they include the grosses of the new film into their old film, and then suddenly their old film, the Pinocchio re release, rises up into the top ten, you know, something like that. That's what this move feels like to me. Wow, and this is
0: a Paramount film, right? So is this Paramount saying? Hey guys, we we'll st- we're still here mm-hmm. because what have we been talking about I, on all of our shows is we've been talking about Warner Bros. We've been talking about Universal. We've been talking about IFC. We've been talking about 101 Studios. Talk about 101. We talk about, 101- we talk about <laughs> Solstice Studios.
1: Solstice, of course.
0: We're not talking about Paramount. And Paramount must be, I think they're doing some tricky stuff with the numbers and saying, hey, we are still here. Think about us. And we are. We're talking about you. We're thinking about you. I'm going to be up all night thinking about this.
2: Well, they're also probably, you can't see this at home, but this is our, this is Exhibitor Relations feature release schedule that Mm -hmm. if you're lucky enough to get one of these every month, it tells you, you know, all the films that are coming out into theaters. And if you look at the Paramount, look at this. There's nothing there. There's nothing in release. Nothing. There's nothing in January. There's nothing in February. There's nothing in March. There's not a film until the end of April with a Quiet Place Part 2, if that even happens. And at didn't this they point.
3: sell, correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff, didn't they sell uh, Michael B. Jordan and Without Remorse to... Yeah, um,
2: to, I think that was, was that Amazon? And then they just sold the... I the Amazon or
3: Netflix. I want to say Amazon, though. Uh, I can double check And then
2: they sold the, the one to Hulu recently, the... the the um, United States first um, uh, Billy to to Hulu, and and wasn't um,
0: coming to America also a Paramount film. It was and they yeah. sold that to Amazon. So yeah, they're just getting their money from you know they're selling they're selling to other streamers, but also they have CBS All Access, which is supposed to soon to be Paramount Plus. So I'm wondering why they're not holding some of this stuff for that.
2: Without remorse, holding... it's
3: going to Amazon.
2: Yes. Okay. Yeah, they're holding SpongeBob SquarePants movie for Paramount Plus because we don't have a release date on that. But that's that's all they have really in the cupboard. I mean, honestly, guys, let's let's be honest about Paramount and and even Sony and and Lionsgate. I mean, they're just making films for streamers right now. You know, they really are. Um, if they get bought up the same way that Fox did, it would not surprise me. You know, and, mm-hmm. and whether that comes from Warner Brothers or Universal, or even outside from Amazon or Apple, who really desperately wants to get in the game, as as we've seen when they when they got Tom Hanks's uh, Greyhound this summer, they want to spend money, and they have the money to spend. Oh God, I just went into the future. Things. This is probably what's going to happen, you guys. We're going to lose like two more of these studios, these major studios. They're going to be bought up by by someone else. I mean, that is my wow. prediction for the next year. And, it's, and, and I, you know, I think it's going to happen this year. It's crazy to me that Paramount
1: is now at that level rather than competing with Warner Brothers, Universal, because to me, Paramount, uh, that was always felt like one of the big ones. And now you're lumping them in there with Lionsgate, which no shame against Lionsgate. But I mean, I, I never saw those two as being competitive. But yeah, this feels like Par- some people work at Paramount getting these numbers together on Sonic so that they could just say hey no no we're still doing stuff you know like don't <laughs> we're, we're we're
0: doing stuff look Sonic was number two this weekend we're doing great well and and so I know there's some trickery here with Paramount but let's not bury the lead. This is a great <laughs> like box office haul for this film three mm. million is great for this movie, if it's true, which we know it might not be, but let's just...
1: But this is what Paramount wants. Clayton, you're going into exactly what Paramount is hoping for. <laughs> and we've got to say, it's, we've got to take the stand. This is not
0: true. Okay, well, if it's not true, then everything I said is also not true. So they made me a liar. So screw you, Paramount. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I mean, Warner Brothers has not even put out real data as far as box office goes, since this whole thing began, you know, we're getting lump. Yeah. Yeah. Tenet, Wonder Woman. We're not even, we're not getting daily grosses. We're getting lump sums and and this is what we got. Here we go. We're going to throw it out to you guys. You report on that. Have fun with that. Disseminate it how you will, uh, whether it's true or not, we don't really care. And that's what like. There's no way there's no possible way. I mean, I will stop being a box office analyst if don't, I'm going to have to, if, if they're going to tell me that it made 3.2 million after it's been out on DVD and it's out, it's probably streaming at a whole bunch of places. There is no way Sonic the Hedgehog re-release made 3.2 million this weekend. I'm just going to say it. They just, no way. I mean, I've seen no advertisements for it. If you, if I
1: had, you know, put on uh, a college football this weekend or, 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 uh, you know, uh, Yellowstone or whatever, whatever I watch, I don't know. I don't watch, we're movie guys, we're not TV guys. So I was struggling to come up with TV. But if I had put on TV and seen ads, every ad break for Sonic the Hedgehog, back in theaters, Jim Carrey, he's in theaters this weekend only. Then I would say maybe.
3: I I saw no ads. I have one point to make though.
1: Go for it, Carrie.
3: Maybe after having their kids at home for eternity and having to teach them at home, parents are ready to kill them. Ergo, find a theater showing Sonic Hedgehog, drop them off, let the chips fall where they may.
1: Wow. I'm just, saying,
3: I'm just saying. We got some friends with kids that are on the brink of losing it because they're restless, they're frustrated, they're cooped up, they've been home for 10 months, they're having to teach their kids from home. It's a big hot mess for a lot of families out there. So
0: And I think there I I think there is data to back that up because our number three film. Mm-hmm. Is The crude's A New Age?
3: Also animated.
0: Animated children's film, $2.2 million, plus 27.4%. So this movie went up from last weekend. It added theaters. It is now at $34.5 Now, this is a movie. It's available on PVOD. It's available at home. But like you were saying, that you gotta get the kids out of the house you gotta you gotta get them out and it's like holiday time they're they're off school which is off zoom and so they got nothing but energy you gotta take them somewhere yeah. and I think that's what makes sense I think the people at paramount knew that and universal of course you know they're the winner of 2020 for us they know
2: it as well well let me ask you this Clayton I know you're in an undisclosed location but could you go on fandango right now and even find anywhere? That that movie is actually playing. Because I don't think it's playing at any of the drive-ins that are open in the L.A. area. I know that for sure. But And and maybe, you know, maybe Pat, you can do some reconnaissance and see if it's playing near you really quickly. Because uh, if it's true... It's got to be playing in like at least five hundred. You can't make three point two million in a pandemic era without playing in like at least a thousand theaters, right? Well, I mean, it's not going to be playing
1: anywhere near me because uh, I uh, am a fellow coast elite living in New York City. So nothing is True. playing near me. There are no movie theaters that I could go to. Um, let's not see. even New it Jersey. New Jersey's not going to pop up. The, the, what's going on in New Jersey? Up? Okay. Actually, New Jersey? Well, no. Just a lot of lot of outdoor barbecues, I think in New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No movies.
3: I typed in my family's zip code in Georgia where they live and it yeah. is playing on a big screen at 123 theaters in my family's hometown.
1: Well, yeah, it's out go. there. Maybe. I I randomly just turned up some theaters in Charlotte, North Carolina i mm-hmm. I'm fine in crude's a new age.
3: And not every every city is the same, you know. Where my family lives in Georgia, the restrictions are so much looser than in LA. Mm-hmm. It's shocking to me, you know. So You guys,
2: this this also might be it's a type there. it might be a typo. Like 10 changes this from second place uh drops it down to like 7th place. And I wouldn't put that past Mojo at this point. Come on, let's be honest. So, so you you have absolutely no no faith in no, mm-hmm. no, exact no, Paramount if it actually made three point two million, cause even the number do you guys go to thenumbers.com, which is I think another good resource right now. We do
1: use the numbers sometimes. We had to okay. use the numbers last week for our uh when we looked back at what the top ten grocers of the whole uh yeah. 2020 were. We use the numbers because Box Office Mojo was just totally yeah. out to launch on that.
2: I-, I feel like Paramount is so desperate that if it really made three point two, there would have been a press release up the mm-hmm. ass to this morning. I would have been right. inundated with press saying, "Oh my God, people cannot wait for Sonic the Hedgehog two. They're going to this new uh, Sonic cut that we put out. You know, the Jim Carrey cut, whatever this is." Uh, right. I I feel like they would have really announced. I just I can't believe it. I just can't. You guys. So yeah. according
0: to the numbers, it is not their number two film. The Croods and New Age is their number two film. So this very well could be like you said, a typo. And it's very embarrassing for us to have (laughs) you guys on when we fell for some sort of either prank or some sort of mistake, but you know, we talked through it. I think we should switch over to the numbers for the rest of our top five because we can't give this Sonic, the hedgehog uh, fraudulent numbers any more uh, time than Mm -hmm. we are giving it. So Though the numbers does
1: seem to corroborate that *Crude's* and New Age did make $2.2 million this weekend. So, I mean, people are still... They love those *Crudes*. Again, you
3: know, the the animated is- kids movie. Kids are yeah. restless as all get out. The holiday season has ended. It's right before they have to go back to school again. It's... Parents need a break, you know?
0: The rats need their cheese. I've always said that. The rats need their cheese. It doesn't matter (laughs) what happens in the world. The rats need their cheese. Yeah. And the rats will eat any cheese and the kids will watch. Well,
1: they won't watch any movie, kids movie, but they'll watch a lot of them.
2: Well, and I mean, if we're talking about big cheeses, new cheese on the block is 101 Studios. I mean, they had the war with Grandpa. It made almost $20 million. Are you kidding me? In a non-pandemic it wouldn't have made $5 million. So there is something to be said about these family films right now. They're just parents are Ah. just dropping their kids off and say, Hey, you can't get the COVID probably 99.9% chance. You go to this film. I'll stay in the car and wait for you. You know, I think that's what's going on.
1: So the next movie, I'm looking at the numbers, Clayton and the next movie news of the world. So we Clayton coined this movie. This is dad nip, you know, if Crudes is for the, the kids, rats eating their cheese, News of the world's is dad nip. nip for dads. Catnip for dads. Oh yeah.
2: Oh yeah. They and the totally
1: dads it. the dads and this is this is one of those things where the dads don't always know everything the first weekend, but by the second weekend they start to catch on. Cause this had a pretty good hold. Yeah, so yep.
0: we're looking at 1.6 and down only 25%. And it's it's a five point four million dollar cube. Like again, this is a universal release. So it is going to have that shortened window. It's going to have that 17 day window. I believe it's the the movie's going to be available in PVOD uh, on the 14th or so of January. So this is a movie that's going to be coming home soon. But I think, you know, what do we think of this five? I mean, it's not it's not something that I would say is. Baffa bobo for tom hanks but it's not disastrous by any means
2: no it's not uh but going back to the the dad nip because i think that is that's a that's a great i, I hope you trademark that first of all but it's it's definitely true because when tom hanks's greyhound came out and it was only streaming available on apple my dad called me and said hey did you hear about this new uh, tom hanks film And how do I score Apple from you so I don't have to pay for it? And, of course, I gave him my password, and please don't go arrest him. It was my fault. If you're going to come to get anybody, come get me. And I gave it to him, and he watched it on his phone because that was the only place he could watch it, and he loved it. I mean, dads love Tom Hanks. That's just all there is to it. Um, More dads would probably go see this film if it was available to them on PVOD, uh, guaranteed. But, yeah, like you said, it comes out in the next week or so, uh, and they'll get their their chance to to do that. But, you know, part of me thinks, though, that um, I would love to. See, and this is something Carrie and I have talked about all summer long is that there is they're not giving us real PVOD numbers. They're saying, oh, it did this much. Yes. And it's number one on Apple iTunes. And I don't care about that shit because it's not real. It's not based it in reality, right? We want So numbers. we don't know. Yeah, we want numbers. That's how box office people, box office boys, box office girls, that's how we all operate. And without that set of keys, you know, we're like the Goonies. We're going to make that wrong call and we're just going to fall down into the pit. You know, that's just what's going to happen. You know, we cannot uh, be saved.
3: So- As I've pointed out, too, uh, we've talked about before, the industry is dependent on those numbers because that kind of dictates an actor's currency, an actor's heat, if you will, when agents negotiate. Oh, well, your movie just opened at $100 million, so we're going to ask for a bump in salary of blah, blah, blah. Like agents and managers and publicists, lawyers, all those people use that data to negotiate deals and contracts for A-listers. A lot of stars function on box office points. So if something grosses above a certain amount, they get x percentage on the back end so it's not just people that analyze the box office like us but it's like the industry that functions on those numbers those numbers are very important in terms of the way deals are structured i'm
0: i'm very much about stars and who's a star and a lot of that has to do with like you said numbers box office things like that we're talking about the hbo max situation with all these movies purportedly going there which there's going to be lawsuits up the wazoo but like that's going to be a question as to where do those points go and now we're going to be looking at stars and we said this earlier it's going to be how much did they get on their lawsuit about their points that's going to show who's the big star Will smith's got a movie that's going to go to hbo max it's like yeah he's going to get money on a lawsuit and that's going to show how big of a star he still is. Right. So, like, uh-huh. that's going to be the indicator. It's always money. It doesn't matter. It's always numbers. That's what we need. Yeah.
1: And I hope that those are not sealed court documents. We need to know how much money these stars win in points on these lawsuits because, yeah, that's like an opening weekend box office. A you lot know, like Bill's
3: talent. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, no, I mean, like, Big Willie Weekend is a go for it, Gary
3: Is really upset about this whole thing, big time, you Mm -hmm. know? And as are their agents, their managers, their coterie of people that depend, again, on these numbers. And one thing Jeff and I have talked about that's incredibly frustrating, it feels like when this pandemic happened, not only did the world change seemingly overnight, but our business changed. Because Jeff and I were used to getting all this data, all these numbers, and all of a sudden, it's just shut down on us and we're not getting the stuff we need to do what we do. And that makes it incredibly frustrating to track media again, when you're not given the tools to accomplish that.
1: Right. Right. And especially when the numbers are there, you know, like they know how much crude's new age has done on PVOD the last Mm -hmm. few weekend, few weeks. So why are those numbers out there? The only thing I could say then is that these numbers are not impressive because it's like you both said before, if the numbers are big, there's press releases coming immediately. So the VOD business might not be as good as we're thinking it is. Otherwise, and- we'd be getting, you know, because I remember Trolls World Tour, we got a press release that said hundred million dollar uh, uh, first week, and we really haven't been getting those since.
3: Here's my, here's my take on 2021. I'm trying really hard to cling to optimism when and where I can. Um, movie going in the theater on a big screen with my friends is something I cherish so greatly. And I know a lot of people do out there as well. And I think after this pandemic and after all the hell that many of us are going through, I think there's going to be such, hopefully, a pent up desire to get together again, to experience that communal experience of watching a film on a big screen and I think it may look different maybe than it is now there might not be as many theaters there might be some changes but I really really have to cling to belief that that is never going to go away Mm -hmm. I mean the film industry survived the coming of sound it survived television it survived VHS and cable and movies have sustained so long in our history I just have to believe that that experience is still going to be out there
1: Yes. Like, I want everyone to be doing well now in the movie business, but there is that part of me that's like, hopefully VOD isn't such a huge money maker that that'll become the replacement. And it doesn't seem like it is, because otherwise, I think we would have gotten a lot more press releases about these VOD numbers.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. I think I think we will see the re-roaring 20s on the big screen that is yes. going to happen. It's just not going to happen probably in 2021. Right. Okay. You know and it's just not it's just people people aren't comfortable people aren't going to take the vaccine and we know this
3: another point to make is you know even when studios keep postponing these releases until we have a vaccine which seems to be taking a heck of a long time to roll out right now that they're so subject to change and it takes months even years to market these films so Mm -hmm. they're going to need so much lead time to accomplish that And trying to cut through all of the other stuff that's going on in the news and the world. So I don't know. I take a lot of release dates with a grain of salt because they're so subject to change.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I well, well, let's get through these last two on the top five, and then we're going into our predictions because we're all chopping at the bit to start talking <laughs> next year. So, Clayton, what is number four and five this weekend?
0: Number four, Monster Hunter, one point two million went up about fifteen percent. It's at six point two million cum, and then five is Fatal, which is the uh, what is it made seven hundred. And $1,000 plus 6%. So there was a bump at the theater for everything, pretty much except for uh, Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. And this movie is at $3 million. That's the Hillary uh, Swank film. So, you know, those are kind of non starters. They did okay. Nothing to really uh, to cry home about. But those are 2020 movies. What we're going to talk about here is 2021. Yes. All things film, all things theatrical. What are we seeing? What is going to happen? Let's do it.
1: All right. So, yeah, we've all been just oh. dying to give our predictions. So I'm going to go with our guests first. So, Carrie, why don't you start us off giving us one of your predictions for the business for 2021? And then we'll talk about it.
3: It's, it's hard to do that, uh, to be honest. Um, let me think. I think it really, honestly, I think it really depends on when we get a vaccine and when we're able to open up the country again, because about Mm -hmm. 60% or more of theaters are closed right now. Um, I would like to believe that we're going to get a vaccine by spring or summer, and I would love to believe that uh, movies are going to be able to open again this summer. But again, I feel very hesitant to put anything in stone because predictions are almost like we might as well make them on an Etch-A-Sketch at the moment, you know? They're so incredibly tentative. But I I really hope in the next year to two years, the industry can recover. It can bounce back and we can regain some semblance of normal as much as that is is possible.
1: So Carrie's prediction is is more of a hope than a prediction. It's a hope. hope. Yeah, it's a a hope. (laughs) So your your hope for 2021 is summer movies possibly.
3: Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm not even going to say spring necessarily, but summer is what I would say.
1: Yeah, I well, I think Jeff. Why don't you go next because you were already talking. You seem very down on spring, so why don't you give us your first prediction for the year?
2: You know, I think Carrie's right. If you look at let's look at the let's look at the big dog. Let's look at Disney. Let's just go right to Disney and see what they're doing. Well, guess what? They did their big presentation. They, everything's still coming out, but even they don't know. The only thing they know, the only thing they set in stone was uh, Raya and the Last Dragon on March fifth. But they're doing that as a PVOD premium, the same way they released Mulan. So yes, they didn't give us those numbers, but you have to, you have to, look, actions speak louder than words, right? And so they may not have been completely overblown with those Mulan numbers, but enough so that they're willing to do it again. And if they have success with this, guess what happens next? Black Widow does the exact same thing in May. It keeps that date, But it also goes PVOD. In fact, I think, and this is my prediction, that all of Disney's film, because they have D-plus now and it's working so well, all of their 2021 films are going to do the exact same thing that Rhea did. That is how they're going to release their films this year. And if you didn't like Warner Brothers, then you're not going to like this because it's almost the exact same thing, except you're not getting Disney's for free like you are with HBO Max. That, to me, seems like the most responsible way to release a film in the pandemic. Whether we get those numbers or not, you know, so it's, it's hard to gauge because we don't get those numbers. But if we think, hey, at least we can follow the actions, right, of these studios and these mega corporations. And if they keep doing the same thing, it's because they have had success. So that's my prediction that Disney follows suit and does the same thing that Warner Brothers is doing.
1: Wow. That is huge. So, what I like about this is because I, Clayton and I were pretty down on the HBO Max Warner Brothers day and date thing. But even though, even, and, it, and it's weird for us to say it that way because basically, as HBO subscribers, we were getting those movies for free. You know, we already had the subscription, but we didn't like it because we weren't getting we felt like they were throwing money away with the Disney plus PVOD strategy. I like that because the movies still feel like a big deal because black widow comes out. And if you want it that first week or two, you've got to either see it in the theater or you've got to pay for it on PVOD. That makes sense to me in a way that the HBO max day and date thing
0: doesn't as much. The, the, the HBO max thing is you know, this Wonder Woman 1984 is is leaving HBO Max on January 25th. It with the Disney Plus, it's you pay for that premium PVOD, yeah. and that's now in your collection if you are still a subscriber to Disney Plus. And then eventually it will migrate into the regular service, so you will always have access to that. People who are going on on HBO Max January 26th, they're not going to get Wonder Woman 1984, and I think that's one of the biggest issues with their rollout. It doesn't make as much sense for the consumer as the Disney plus thing does. Yeah. I, I, I think that is, I think you nailed that one, Jeff. I
1: could totally see that because I, especially black widow that right now is first week in may. And that does feel early to be a box office theatrical only release, you know, based on what we know about the, the vaccines first week in May just feels a little early to put a movie of that scale out only in theaters.
2: And let's just give, let's give audiences the choice. I think Mm -hmm. that's the other big thing is some people are going to get the vaccine. Some people aren't, some people are going to stay at home. Some people are going to go to theaters. And that's what I like about Warner brothers strategy. Um, And let's be honest, Warner brothers films they do not compete with Disney slate, not even close. A lot of these films are really small films that would have struggled to even come close to 50, 100 million at the box office. Godzilla and Kong is not, the, is not a huge film. You know, none of their films, really, even The Conjuring, while it has its fans, it's not a big Disney-like event film. So mm-hmm. that's why, you know, outside of Dune and, and a couple others, you know, Warner Brothers, I, I, I think... This strategy actually works for the slate that they have. Disney is a different beast. They they need the revenue and they deserve the revenue because pe- so many people are behind the Disney brand right now. It's just the IP is soaring. They they, they could buy all of these studios. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they bought Sony just to get Spider Man back at some point. You know they mm-hmm. would do that, and and they right. will pay more than they paid for Fox. To get Spider-Man back, I guarantee it. So there's wow. just some interesting things going on. I think in terms of the hierarchy of these studios and 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 who are the smaller studios looking at? Well, they're looking at what Warner's and Disney's are doing, and Universal sort of caught in the crossfire right now. They have this own, their own deal with AMC, but they certainly, until Fast Nine comes out, they don't really have anything that will move the needle, right? Right. So it's going to be really interesting, uh, well, and that, of course, you know, we're talking about. Uh, Memorial Day weekend, Fast Saga coming out. um, And I I think Universal keeps that date. Um, They may play with that window a bit. They may even go direct PVOD. Um, You know, I think that should be on the table um, if things don't get better. Well, Well,
1: I want to go into my next prediction because talking about these studios and their hierarchy, I have a pretty big prediction for this year or definitely within the next year or two, which is I feel like one of the major theater chains, and I'm going to say probably AMC, is going to possibly go out of business. And I think a lot of those theaters are going to end up being bought by major movie studios. I am predicting that in the next couple of years, you are going to see Disney movie theaters, Warner Brothers movie theaters, um, Universal movie theaters, and Netflix, which you already have been seeing the last year, some indie theaters. You're going to see Netflix and Amazon and Apple movie theaters. So my prediction is movie theater business will become based on, will become basically studio arms of studio distribution.
2: Write that in stone. That is going to happen. Absolutely it's going to happen. It makes sense. Cut out the middlemen. You think Disney mm. likes sharing money? Hell no. They they are merchandisers. They they want everything for themselves. When I was in college and I dealt in film distribution, I was trying to get It's Pat the Movie. Do you guys remember this? Julia Sweeney SNL film? Well, Disney made yes. it. And it it barely got of a course. release, right? Yeah. It almost skipped theaters entirely. I couldn't get it for my college for less than a thousand, which is like top of the line numbers. I'm like, come on. It didn't even get a release. Can I? Here, here's $500. Just give it to me for the weekend. They would not budge once. Not even for It's Packed, you guys. And they still operate in the same way. They don't budge when it comes to money. And so Disney owning these mini Disney lands all across America, it just makes sense because they can give their merchandise right to you as you come out of the theater, the same way that the El Capitan operates in Los Angeles.
3: Carrie. Yeah. That wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, the Egyptian theater in Hollywood is now owned by Netflix. I think they own the Paris theater, in New York city, Pat. They do if I'm wrong. Yep. So yeah, that's what we're seeing. Absolutely. I mean, it's just such an upheaval of our industry. I think we are just in really seismic game-changing times right now.
1: Yeah. it To me, it feels like the only way the theater business will make sense and will be able to survive is the, if it's basically that where it's like, whether it's your streamer or your movie theater, you know they are just two different ways of selling tickets to the customers when you put out a movie and i don't think something like amc could survive long term basically being a a popcorn vendor i mean that is what amc is right now they they uh, they rent these movies and they make their they pay their rent on popcorn and i don't think you could pay your rent on popcorn anymore
2: no, they can't even pay their rent. I mean, and that, that's the problem, right? They, they haven't been able to pay right. uh, their creditors. They, they need an infusion like nobody's business. And guys, it's not coming until maybe the end of the summer. Maybe if we're lucky, right. uh, but probably right. more likely is we'll get back to some semblance of normal. See, in the holiday quarter or of next year. So can they survive for another year, basically, having, you know, little to no income and selling very little popcorn to the 10% of the people that are actually still showing up? I, I don't see how those numbers work out.
1: So, Clayton, what do you think about my prediction, which Jeff has already said, etched this in stone prediction of the year. Um, is it even worth giving one of your predictions, Clayton, after the response that my prediction just got?
0: <laughs> uh, well, I would say I would say yes, because number one, I, I you know, I love things etched in stone. I love mm-hmm. that. But also my prediction piggybacks on your prediction Love because I we know this to be a fact, again, etched in stone, that these companies are going to purchase movie theaters. Now, mine takes it a step further because my big complaint with movie theaters is that their innovations have not been anything that consumers really want. Cushier chairs, great. You should have always had cushy chairs. People walking in front of you taking your orders. People don't want that. They, they want food, they want popcorn, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There, there needs to be a more experiential situation when it comes to movie theaters. And I'm going to drill down on Disney, okay? Because Disney, as you were saying, that they are going to have many Disney worlds in these theaters. And my prediction is even drilled down further, there will be in 2021 a Disney movie theater, that is open and it is going to be staffed by Muppets. And I'm going to say this because (laughs) here's the thing. The Muppets are on the low totem pole of IP for Disney. They want Mm. to juice the Muppets. Kids don't care about Muppets. We care about Muppets, but kids don't care about Muppets. I saw these Muppets on Monday night football two weeks ago, acting the fool, (laughs) running around, trying to get people to notice them. And here's the plus with this. You expose these kids to these characters that have fallen out of favor. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, if you're being served popcorn by a puppet, a Muppet especially, no human touching it. The Mupp- Kermit's giving you your popcorn right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, you have the big monsters come in after the show and they're sweeping up and everything. This is a safe way to go to the theater. It's a family-friendly way to go to the theater and it's IP juicing. This is a slam doink. I think this is going to happen in 2021 and if they hadn't thought of it, they're going to listen to this and they're going to implement this.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's so
2: dead on. I mean... It is. It is. I mean, even Howard the Duck... Uh, kind of a dead IP in the Marvel universe, you start putting Howard the Duck costumes on the person who takes your ticket, boom, Howard the Duck in one year, less than one year, probably has a new movie deal, probably is on the Marvel schedule of releases. That's how strong I think this could become. And you could do that with any IP that's flailing. Any IP that is just eh, subpar, you can just boost it each time. Okay. We need this costume. Let's order it. Let's get going. Let's get that uh, sword and the stone back up. You know, we got it. We're going to yes. do a live action. You know, everybody's dressing up at the sword of the stone this month. Okay, here we go. I mean, it's, I know we're talking about it in a crazy sense, but it's not crazy at all. Not for Disney. This is what they do. This is how they operate to sell their merch.
1: Yes. Yeah. This is, this is uh, the viral marketing, you know, Ba- back in back in our youth when uh, Blair Witch would virally market with all those hidden websites or Cloverfield, this is how you now hide the marketing is you have them serve sodas, have them serve popcorn, have them uh, uh, make a show of cleaning in the bathrooms. You put Fraggle Rock out there. You put, maybe this is how Disney brings the Fantastic Four into the MCU. You know, you sort of clean the stink of those Fox fantastic four movies off by literally having, you know, uh the thing cleaning toilets and serving popcorn at the Disney movie
2: theaters. It makes you smile, doesn't it? It yes. does. You're smiling, yes. we're all smiling right now at the at the possibilities of this. And then yes. Warner Brothers will do the same thing when they buy their theaters and they actually get The DC universe up and running again you know if that ever happens you know you could see them doing this and 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 where does that leave but again where does that leave sony where does that leave paramount sorry to put them in the same thing and lionsgate because outside of john wick lionsgate doesn't have much you know so you could see an apple buying the lionsgate studio and then Apple buying mm-hmm. theaters and, you know, marketing as, hey, this is an adult-only theater. John Wick is going to serve you, and he might also kill you. And that is exciting if you go to the movies, right? Yes. You will want to go out. It's an escape room it's just inside the theater. You've yes. got to get away from John Wick. <laughs> that's, that's really cool. Or, like,
1: if Netflix were to buy Sony, and then the Sony movie theaters, you're having your fountain drinks Shaken, not stirred by James Bond working oh. the, the the counter. That's I think a reason to solved... go to
2: the theater. Yes. I think we've solved the crisis of the pandemic and how to appropriate this going forward. This is what will yes. drive people back in. But it, honestly, it goes down to what like Alamo Draft House has been doing for years, right? Is making these things fun events for the community, right? Whereas AMC and Regal, for the most part, they don't do that. It's just they are a Walmart. They are a Kmart of movie theaters where we we want it, I think, to be more interactive. That's why people love to cosplay and dress up on opening night. And they need to implement more of those things. And I think Disney and Warner Brothers would do that. So uh, before we
1: move on from this prediction, Carrie, what damaged IP would you most want to have serve you popcorn at a movie theater next year? Hmm. <laughs> there's a lot of damaged IP. I mean, there's also forgotten IP. Like, you know, it could be Betty Boop, possibly. I'll take that, Brothers.
3: actually, because I, I love the 20s. So, uh, yeah, I'll take that.
2: Uh, well, and Carrie, I mean, tell, tell me about what's been going on in your world, how you've been able to show films and screen films in L.A. during this pandemic, because I think that's an interesting angle.
3: Yeah, I'm on the board of an organization called Retro Format, and we're all about silent film. I'm, I'm a film mm-hmm. history person kind of on the side, my nights and weekends. Anyway, and uh for a while, we were trying to get a silent movie drive-in screening with live music and everything. And it took months and months and months for us to make it happen because you have to find a parking lot where all the cars can park, but they can also be six feet apart for social distancing. And mm-hmm. then the... Um, the bathrooms and the concessions and the amount of, uh, you know, city permits and approvals. and It's just insane, the trouble that you have to go through. And what we wound up doing after working on this for eternity was partnering with the American Legion Theater in Hollywood, and they already have a drive-in. And so we wound mm-hmm. up doing our event with them. But just the costs of getting the film print, having a union projectionist, having the space, having the concessions, doing everything according to, you know, it's it's very costly to do. And it's an event that you kind of do because you care about film and not because you're really looking to make a big profit. And so um, I don't know. What was the question again? I'm sorry. <laughs> well, that, no, that well, sounds just,
1: really, we just wanted to hear about that. That sounds really cool. Do you predict? I mean, I know you're trying not to to get into the heavy prediction games, Carrie, but... Well, it's hard to do. Do I mean, you <laughs> predict that drive-ins are going to be an even bigger deal next summer than they were this past summer? Because this past summer, it seemed like everyone was doing stuff on the fly. We we're all figuring out, you know, how do you deal with all these different businesses in, in COVID? I kind of feel like next summer, we're going to have a a head start on improving the things we did this past year. So what do you think about drive-ins next summer? Is that going to be an even bigger deal? I,
3: I think it might. If we don't have a vaccine or we don't have the effective rollout of a vaccine to the masses by next summer, I can absolutely see drive-in movies still remaining a thing and even being larger. The problem in giant cities, I mean, you live in New York, or I live in L.A., is finding enough land, which is mm-hmm. a problem. Like a lot of the LA screenings, uh, one of them is a rooftop in Hollywood. Several, a couple of them in Hollywood, uh, the Legion and the arena screen are small parking lots. The Legion, we only have 60 cars. That's I think like that's it or something. Maybe even mm-hmm. 30. I'm sorry, maybe even 30. Anyway, but then uh, you'd to have to go to the outer regions of LA to have these like Simi Valley or Riverside or whatever. You kind of have to go outside the city limits. So... I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see if that is a doable thing in a lot of these cities and a lot of these markets. And, you know, I think the pandemic is, if you will, caught us all with our pants down in terms Mm -hmm. of what do we do? How do we keep exhibition going? Because Jeff and I were talking about when it very first started, geez, a lot of these movie chains have these huge parking lots. Why aren't they doing this? And we were constantly having these conversations. So maybe by next summer, if we do not have a vaccine to the masses, Maybe some of these theaters, if they still exist, they'll get wise and go, okay, well, we sat last summer out, we can't do it this one, right? Or A- honestly, A- at this
2: <laughs> point, AMC, <laughs> can I just AMC, if you're listening, it. good god, what are you doing with all that parking lot? Set up multiple yeah! drive ins, what the hell are you doing? Even Walmart set up drive ins. In, and they they have no business projecting movies or even pre- distributing movies. Yet Walmart was doing it, and AMC, the largest chain in the world, wasn't doing squat this summer. That's it's just yeah. it's mind blowing. Yeah, I mean honestly, at this point, re- we keep
1: talking about these hard top theaters and how they've had no business. Remove the tops, remove the hard tops, pop the ceilings off. And let the air get in there. And and let's make some indoor-outdoor theaters for next summer. You know, when the weather gets warmer again, I think it's time to remove the rooftops off of these chain movie theaters. (laughs) When the studios buy them, they'll put the roofs back on. They'll put, like, themed roofs. They're going to want to redo these places anyway. So until AMC sells out, I think it is time. Remove the roofs. Hashtag Pat. remove the roofs.
2: Well, they need to be retractable too, right? Like that's how all the, the cool the stadiums are doing water. it. Yeah. 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 Revertible. You got to be able to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Open it up, shut it down. Open it up, shut it down. And that's how yeah. Milwaukee and Buffalo, New York, that's how they can stay open all year long. And, they, you know, they just retract that.
0: Yep. Hashtag retract the roofs. Retract,
1: retract the, roofs. the roofs. That's the way to go. All right. So I think we should go around with one more prediction each. Carrie, of course, is refraining from predictions because. I'm
3: refraining. It's just so hard to predict anything when you have no earthly clue what's going to happen to the world in the next 24 hours, let alone. It's just tough.
1: No, I totally agree. And you've got a reputation to protect as a film uh, preservationist. So you've got to preserve films (laughs) and you've got to preserve (laughs) uh, uh, reputations. I get it. But, Jeff. You don't have to preserve that. So you can go wild. Give me Uh, your big prediction uh, for 2021.
2: I'm going to go wild. And I already dropped this before. But saying that we will not have, and if you consider we have, you know, five major studios. Well, we're going to be dropping down to four major studios by the end of 2021. And so let's not even, let's pretend Lionsgate is not, because they're not really. But that means either Sony or Paramount falls into one of these others or is bought up by Amazon, Clorox, Lysol, Purell, one of these big companies that are doing very well for themselves right now. Um, we will see one of these come. I mean, and it's probably paramount. Let's be honest. Like we just talked about coming to America, Mm -hmm. everything that they had has already been sold off to streamers and they did it right at the start. And we're going to see that. And you look at their slate outside of like top gun Maverick and a quiet place part two. And obviously the the re the reissue of Sonic the Hedgehog, which did $3.2 million this weekend. Um, allegedly, um, they don't have much going for them. Um, this would be a big move for them, um, to, and maybe maybe push them into uh, Paramount Plus and push them into digital only. Um, that is, I think, a possibility. Um, I don't know that that's going to happen with Sony because um, <laughs> they have they have Spider Man. Let's just be honest. Spider Man has saved the right. studio. Um, they have a multiverse that that could that will probably surpass. I'm going to say that it will surpass DC and all of their characters very soon if they keep doing it the right way. And 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 if Morbius is a hit, if Venom 2 is a hit, uh, they have so many great characters to explore within that Spider Verse um, that I think they'll be going strong. But Paramount is teaming with Hasbro. You know, I don't know if they're the ones behind Rubik's Cube the movie, but they probably are. I mean. Uh, it just mm-hmm. Hasbro is not the partnership that you want at this point if you're making blockbuster films. I'm sorry, that's just the truth, you know. Um, so but, that's what I see. But, what but do you the guys Rubik's
1: think? Cube could be the Rubik's Cube could be a great again popcorn vendor. You know, yeah. you walk into whether it's the Paramount owned theater or the Netflix slash Paramount theater. And there's a Rubik's cube, you know, working the soda machine. That's cool. I'd be into that, and it would make me want to see finally see the Rubik's cube movie.
3: So- and
2: I, I would go, I would go a step further and put Rubik's cube in like every twentieth popcorn container, you well, know. You so you are like, it oh, I gotta buy that popcorn. popcorn like this. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> yeah, you drop up it in for there. For
3: kids, for the toys at the bottom of the cereal, like you have to find the Rubik's cube at the bottom of the popcorn. Yeah, yes. I would actually really get involved in that. That'd be great. See.
1: It would I think, it would really inspire you to finish eating the bucket.
0: <laughs> I agree with you, Jeff. And Pat, I don't I think you might be thinking what I'm thinking here. And go with me if you're not, because okay. you're gonna jump on this train pretty fast. <laughs> so I think Disney will buy Paramount. And the reason for that is because we have talked about this previously. Mm-hmm. How the success of Sonic the Hedgehog has been a thorn in Bob Iger's side. Yep. Bob Iger saw Sonic run away in the box office, running past Onward, making Onward look the fool. This movie was a juggernaut. Iger wanted to have everything. Like we said, he's bought everything. He's bought Muppets. He bought Marvel. He's buying everything. And Sonic- Star Wars. Star Wars. The guy bought Star Wars. Sonic comes out of nowhere- Bobo, and it's a thorn in his side and he retired close to the time when sonic came out in disgrace he stepped down in disgrace but then he came back during the pandemic and i think that this is a perfect time for him to go by paramount and get sonic mm-hmm. and then he retires then he steps down he's like i did what i needed to do which was acquire sonic mm-hmm. and now sonic is in disney's pocket and i can walk into the woods or whatever Iger's going to do. He's, you know, whatever <laughs> these guys do when they, when they, uh, no longer want to be in the rat race. But I think that is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Pat?
1: Yeah. I mean, it makes perfect sense. It's the way to cement his legacy. If Iger finally gets the white whale, gets Sonic, the hedgehog. Um, <laughs> I, I would prefer that doesn't happen. I I really hope Disney doesn't buy Paramount. I would love to see Paramount wind up somewhere else because it's just too much. You know, Disney having... I was okay with having both Star Wars and Marvel under the same umbrella. I'm not okay with having Marvel, Star Wars, and Sonic all under one company. It's just too much. So if that could happen, it makes sense for Disney to buy it. They could buy whatever they want. But I hope Paramount ends up with either, you know, uh, Netflix or Apple or or or. I mean, I guess Sony and Paramount aren't going to combine. They're not going to join forces. But yeah, I'm I'm hoping we get a Netflix Paramount team up because like they've done a lot of business, you know, they, over the last couple of years. Paramount's been the studio that's that's sent a lot of their stuff to Netflix early. So I could see
2: that one. Jeff, what do you predict? If if you had to bet money, where does Paramount go? I mean, the universe would implode if Disney bought Paramount because then they'd own Star Wars and Star Trek. And then those universes could meet in a film and that would destroy (laughs) fandom. Like, it would destroy it. I don't care how cool it is. It would destroy everything that we built up to this point in humanity. It's too much. I think. It is. Mm -hmm. It's too much, so I agree. It's got to be... Netflix it's got to be someone else and when we think about Paramount Plus and what they offer like they who's going to subscribe to Paramount Plus when HBO Max is out there when when D Plus Amazon all Apple I, I just don't know if Paramount Plus can survive on just Star Trek programming alone you know and that's why it does make sense no. I think for one of these big streamers to end up buying Paramount Plus because in the end how many streamers are we really going to have how many are you and I all going to sub- subscribe to, maybe three or four at the most. And and that puts Paramount Plus as the odd man out. You know, they just don't have, they they don't have the library, right? They just don't. So I agree, right. someone who, like Amazon or Apple, I think, or even Facebook, if they got really aggressive and wanted to get into this game in a real way, you you buy Paramount to show people that, guess what, we're in the game. And, and I think that's going to happen. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I I think so too. I think Iger fails again, Clayton, and he doesn't bring home the white whale, and he leaves the business and he leaves basically the earth someday in disgrace because he will have never gotten Sonic. I don't think it happens. I get that, you know, the storybook ending for Bob Iger is he he signs that contract and and He's, you know, petting Sonic at at the foot of his desk, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think he fails.
0: We disagree, but something's going to happen. So one of us is going to be right and one of us is going to be wrong. And then we'll deal with the shaming when that comes.
1: Yes. Oh, we always deal with the shaming. It'll be great. So my next and last prediction for next year is I'm just going to just to go back to box office numbers, which is what our lives used to be based around, the four of us, and it's been thrown off track. But to go back to box office numbers, my prediction is that next year, the number one movie at the domestic box office will be Venom, Let There Be Carnage. I Whoa. say that is the number one grocer in in North America next year. I'm not going to touch worldwide. I, we can't even... You can't even look at those numbers anymore, but that's my prediction. I feel like it's coming out early, uh, end of June. That might be the sweet spot where you're actually getting domestic business happening again.
2: I just felt, yeah, I just fell off my stool, honestly. But, and in fact, it just kind of opened up a quarter. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, that, that Sony uh, Marvel use verse is, is really blowing up right now. And people love that movie. And Sony doesn't have any PVOD. You got to go to the theater to see it at this point. If that is the route they keep going on, that's not a bad call. Yeah. I just wonder if you know if they can out if they can outmaneuver Vin Diesel. That F nine and and people have been waiting for that Fast Sega to keep going because it's not stopping at nine. But it's been way too long since we had a Fast and Furious movie, right? And I feel yep. like that demographic is the perfect. People that would actually go to the theaters, anyways, they don't care. Yep. they're driving their cars. There's hot women everywhere. There, that's where they're going. You know, and, and it's I a lot don't familiar, think you can yeah. stop that. Yeah, it, they, you can't stop that. You can't stop the. That's how right. they live their life. It's a quarter mile at a time. We all know that. Yep. So that would be the only film that I say has a has a chance to beat Venom. But I think that's a, that's a strong call.
1: Yeah, I was, I mean, listen, Clayton knows this. Me and Clayton are La Familia. We're we're ride or die, fast family. And F9 was going to be my pick, but I was just basically looking at the calendar. F9 comes out end of May. Venom Let There Be Carnage comes out end of June. And I feel like even just that one month based on the vaccine rollout could be enough of a difference where we're in... You know, fingers crossed because we also could be nowhere in six months. But I feel like end of June might be the sweet spot where we've a lot of us have gotten vaxxed. It's very hot out. It's summer. Drive-ins are booming. Maybe the roofs have come off of all the AMCs, something like that. And Venom might be coming out at the perfect time. I agree. Looking at the calendar, there's a lot of big movies next year, but there is nothing I think that would come close to either of those two. I think they are the the slam-doink lock for one and two at the domestic box office next
2: year. I would only say, Carrie, Carrie, you were right about family films, and I think the other wild card that that maybe we're all missing here is Hotel Transylvania 4. Think about when that comes out. Boom. And it comes out in August it's going to play all throughout probably christmas yep. uh and and you know Adam Sandler back in the top 5 uh, at the end of the year i mean Will Smith was there this year he's number 1 movie right bad boys yep. for life so um you know it's a resurgence of sort uh, of of these of these people that we we thought were and no longer box office heroes
0: and jim carrey number 2 at the box office
2: in yeah. 2020 and allegedly 3.2 million
0: well that is such a great point because So you have these kids who've been in isolation for a year plus at this point when when, uh, Transylvania comes out. Sandman is all over their Netflix. Hubie Halloween did Bafo Stremo. These kids are going to be itching to go hear this man's voice outside of their home. They're going to want to go see that Sandler movie. So I think that is a great choice. I think Mm -hmm. that's definitely top five domestic. Uh, at the very least, and it could be number one. That is a great, (laughs) great pick. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I think those are the big ones. The other one I I was debating too, speaking of family films, is the the new Munions movie, Rise of Gru, or or it's not Rise of Gru, that was the other one, but there is a new Munions, and uh, that comes out the end of June also, so that also might be in that sweet spot. So I think those are your big four. Tom Cruise has two. He has a Top Gun movie and has Mission Impossible, but I don't think those are really going to challenge. Those are
0: international plays. They do well in the U.S. domestically, but they don't do that spectacularly. People love him around the world. We love him and a lot of people domestically love him, but he never has those big. I mean, he's not competing with Marvel. He's not competing with Venom or or Sandman.
2: I think the big tell too is, is before we discount Disney, who we all know is the top of the food chain here at the box office, whatever Raya does at the box office is going to be key because that will, uh, that will put into motion Black Widow doing probably the same thing. And then we get into uh mm-hmm. Shang-Chi and then we get into the Eternals in November. And again, those two films, uh, you know, we, we, Marvel films can never be left out of this conversation. So, All three of those Marvel films this year could do huge box office, but if they also do PVOD because it's not safe enough to go to the theaters, yeah, you're right. We may not see top five numbers from those, even though they will probably make millions of billions of Disney dollars uh, on PVOD. Right, right. That's the thing about
1: the Warner Brothers and Disney movies is they are going to be available in some way on streaming day and date. Like you could just, I mean, Warner Brothers, it's already announced. Jeff predicted it's going to be that for Disney. So that's as good as announcing it. It's going to happen. (laughs) So you almost have to take those studios out of the equation for having the number one domestic box office of next year. Um, Yeah, those, those are pretty much the big ones. And... I have one more question, actually, Jeff, then, as a prediction. The movie we haven't talked about as possibly being the number one domestic uh, winner next year is the new James Bond movie, which is scheduled to come out in April. What is going to happen with this movie? Is this not going to come out in April? Uh, I mean,
2: April's that sounds too soon. insane. yeah, right? April is way too soon, and I just yeah. wonder how long MGM can hold on to this thing. I mean, they've already had interest from a lot of people. Uh, the price has been too low. And maybe, I mean, listen, Hollywood just shut down a whole bunch of productions this week. You know, yeah. TV is not happening. Film is not happening. Guess what? That means all of the values of these films that are already in the can, they go up. The longer this goes on, mm-hmm. the long, the more we stop filming stuff, and we are right now in LA, um, these things are going to be so valuable. So they're right to hold on to this, probably not release it in theaters, probably sell it to... You know, whoever ends up buying MGM, let's be honest, someone's Mm going to buy MGM Mm -hmm. UA and whoever does that, if that's Warner Brothers, if it's if it's one of the streamers, then they will decide exactly how they go about this. But there is no way No Time to Die can drop in April. It just can't. Not in this marketplace, not with Europe being locked down. It could get play in 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 the Asian markets in China and stuff. But that's not going to do it. MGM needs to have a seven hundred million dollar hit worldwide. That's what they need for this to be successful. So mm-hmm. whatever they're being offered right now, it's going to keep going up. I, I I don't know. Maybe this thing sells for $500 million. I don't know. Whatever it is, I think whoever the smart buyer is, they end up just buying MGM outright, get the entire library, and go from there.
1: Yeah. No, I, I agree. We're not even talking about this as being a
0: possibility
1: of a movie that's coming out in April. There's no way. No way. And, and just, just to say...
0: With that, that um, IP, uh, Bond, and he, he was the first to run. As soon as mm-hmm. the pandemic uh, was uh, a twinkle in someone's eye, it ran. It keeps running. It's going to mm-hmm. run again. And just saying domestically, I'm not talking about you know uh, uh, worldwide, Americans don't want their heroes to flee as much mm-hmm. as Bond flees. F9 moved, <laughs> not once, but made a big jump once and is like we're rolling you can count on us we've delayed before they've had to delay uh, for a year before with the tragedy Mm -hmm. that we you know and that movie the set the one that came after that was huge and i think that movie can have a delay and we can all be like i'm here for it but bond is old bond bond is not our generation bond is our dad's generation and and I think that him keep fleeing is not a good look for this character and for this IP. So I think that is going to knock some of the money off that domestic count. And that's me speaking from my heart, mm-hmm. right? I think that's a, that's a heart prediction. And I think we don't like to see him run. Yeah, Bond needs to stop running and start selling.
3: <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I don't often quote country music lyrics, but Kenny Rogers <laughs> said in the song, The Gambler, you gotta know when to fold them know when to walk away, know when to run. There's a lot of life wisdom in those lyrics. Sometimes there's just times in life when you have to cut your losses, you know?
1: Yep, yeah. So speaking of cutting our losses, unless anyone has any further predictions that they need to get out, Clayton, did you have a final one or did you have all yours out there? Because I think I'm spent. The Venom one... That took a lot out of me.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and I don't want to open a whole nother can of worms, but I'll just say that I I do I do think this is a prediction that we and we've talked about this earlier uh, in our show when when the drive-ins were booming and uh, piggybacking on care because I'm piggybacking on everybody's predictions tonight. I do think that we are going to see more of what we were talking before me and you, Pat, about Uber for drive-in movies mm-hmm. so you're gonna have a service and you can whatever it's gonna be it could be called mover right move uber move for movies and what you do is you hire this person they take you from the city where there's no drive-ins mm-hmm. and they take you out and you watch a movie now you're separated it's all the same thing that you're gonna have with an uber the protection all that stuff you can say i want you to talk to me during the movie i don't want you to talk to me during the movie, right? And then they also can they they also get to see the movie. Yep, what yep. you have is they're gonna purchase a package of how however much to be able to go take whoever they want to the to the theater, right? Mm-hmm. So they're basically getting a free pass. If you're an Uber Lyft slash driver, why not be on Mover? Because once in a while you go just see a movie, even if you don't take somebody with you, because you're 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 paying to do it. But people, when they get a ride with you, they automatically are purchasing a ticket. Okay. The other thing is they will provide you, you know, how they provide water and mints. They've got concessions. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the theater that they go to gets a cut of those concessions. So this is something that a lot of people living in cities are not able to go. They're not, they weren't able to see tenant because tenant, you know, he said, Hey, I don't want people to be safe and be able to see my, my movie in a, uh, in a drive-in. So you go, you know what, Nolan? I'm going to get a mover, and we're going to go to Jersey, and I'm going to mm-hmm. sit and I'm going to watch your movie in a drive-in, just to spite you. Yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping for this to come true, because, uh, listen, I'm a lifelong uh, big city coast elite, no driver's license, no no knowledge how to drive, <laughs> never, never did it, never gonna. And uh, I... I do hope that this catches on my next summer where I could hire this rideshare movie service and go see a, a drive-in movie a couple hours away from my home. I, can I'm you hoping also, this comes through.
2: Can you get a vaccination from this mover as well? Because it would be nice, you know, or at least have them identify themselves as being vaccinated before you sit in a car for two hours with a stranger, you know? and and They'll be all vaxed. okay. Okay. Everybody's back. Yeah, I'm way. on board. Yeah. on board. Yeah. 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 Mandatory back. If that's the case, yes. Cause otherwise I'm like, God, I'm gonna have to ask him to sit outside or on the roof of his car and it's his car. And I don't feel comfortable right. doing that. You know what I mean? These what guys and me- gals
0: are so full okay. of backs.
2: And I also like that. They're in, in, bursting. That's, that's the way that you might meet your potential mate. You know, I think that's a great thing. You know, you yes. got a, a, a girl driver, guys in the back. You're, hey, do you do you mind if I sit up front or do you want to sit in back with me? And these things just work out naturally sometimes. This is a this is a great move to get people back together. You the know, magic so to of speak.
1: cinema. Yeah, yeah, because we're losing all of those movie dates this past year yeah. that that used to be the lifeblood of relationships. Maybe ride share, drive ins, dating, it all comes together. I, I would love to see that. That's a hopeful so, prediction, Glayton. I love that one.
2: And 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 then piggyback on that, you probably need to also have if you're going to do you know I don't really like the air popper I want the rate, I want the real deal movie theater popcorn so you're going to have to upgrade those plugs to be the nine volt plugs and then your your, your popcorn machine works off that right so mm-hmm. I think that uh, you know Over Redenbacher Pop Secret they got to get in on this fast because yes. next summer is coming quick right next summer yes. is going to be. The Summer of the Drive-In Part 2. And we all know the sequel is always way bigger than the first. Come on. They they haven't worked out. Yes.
0: I love our prediction because we just keep piggybacking on each other. It's like a human pyramid. I love this.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And those are always fun. So I think we've done it, guys. This has been great. So let's start off with Carrie and Jeff. Carrie. Tell us where people could find more view, more of the uh, box office work you're doing, more of the film preservation and That's exhibition preservation. work. That you're...
3: It's, it's it's other stuff, but um, well, ercboxoffice.com for the box office stuff, and then um, I uh, I have all these other things I do. I don't even know where to. You gotta you gotta there talk, you gotta talk handle? about.
2: Yeah, but you also got to talk about what you do at the Hollywood Cemetery because that is, I mean, come on, oh, yeah. that is I'm the that's where it's at. Oh,
3: yeah, yeah. I'm the official tour guide of Hollywood Forever Cemetery. As of next month, I've been there 19 years. And um, yeah, and I do a historic walking tour of the film stars there. And then I've co written two books. And then I'm on the board of Retro Format Silent Film Organization. I don't know. I have a bunch that's of That's a lot of stuff. I forget everything. I don't even remember (laughs) what I do. I don't even know, you know?
1: (laughs) It's easy for people who haven't done much to give end of show plugs because they're basically like, here's my Twitter handle. But you're trying to remember like multiple books. I'm kind of scattered
3: all over the place. I've kind of got so many things, balls in the air. I don't even know where to tell people just in one place, I guess. I don't know. Um, I'm Film Radar on Twitter for what it's worth. All right. Go.
2: Yeah, and, and just follow us at uh, at ERC Box Office on Twitter, and that's where we we post all the, our box office observations. And sometimes they're right, and sometimes they're wrong. But guess what? Every week at the box office, you get a chance for redemption because new movies come out. Well, they used to come out, and and when they they will come out again. Um, but uh, yeah, or visit us at 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 dot com if you want to know which films are coming out streaming. Or in theaters, we have all that info for you. Thanks for having us on, guys.
1: Yeah, this was this was awesome. This was yeah, you're welcome anytime. I mean, hopefully big things start happening again and you know we could team up again and, and
2: analyze this stuff. Hey, Clayton, I just have to ask, is this the longest show you've done outside? Because are do you have hyperthermia? Or are you okay? I mean, I I, I kind of got worried after we went over the hour mark.
0: Well, I've already had hypothermia so you can't get it twice. Okay. Yeah, that's which true. That's true. I think. I'm not sure, but I think. Um and I'm doing fine. Listen, all these takes were so hot. I'm steaming. I was I was not taking any of my clothes off because I wanted to be modest, but otherwise I'd be stripped naked, be honest with you, because this was hot and I love this and this is what this is about. I love when you you said you always get a, a chance next week. That's what life is about. You just got to pick yourself up. Dust yourself off and be like, all right, short-term memory.
2: Here we go. That's the pandemic. It's turned us all into, you know, blathering idiots. And I think it's wonderful. You know, this is the way it should be. I love
0: it.
1: (laughs) Clayton and I have adapted well to that new environment. So Clayton, (laughs) uh, all of our listeners, you know, of course, follow ERC on Twitter. You could also email us. Email us at the theboboyspodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought of our predictions, um, how hot it got. You know, we know how hot it was on Mike. I want to hear how hot it was just listening to us. Tell us about how you burned up after this episode. The podcast at gmail.com. And I think we've done it,
0: Clayton. We did it, and there, there's nothing left to say, but until next time. Next time. Will smell, smell you at the box, box office.
1: office. Nailed it.